What's going on everybody and welcome to a Villanova basketball recap edition of the Did You Hear podcast. I'm Emma Houghton, he's Pat Zhang, and Pat, it is Super Bowl Sunday, but before the big game, Villanova went out and earned its 12th win of the season in a 10-point victory at home over the Georgetown Hoyas. Yeah, and I mean, a a big thing for the Super Bowl is that Super Bowl MVP at the end of the game gets to go out and say, I'm going to Disneyland. Well, today, Jermaine Samuels basically should have been able to say that same thing (laughs) because that is the reason why Villanova was able to win this game. What a huge game from the senior forward for Massachusetts. Yeah, it's games like this that really prove everything that he can do. It, It was able to put everything together I do think it is the outlier game. I don't think definitely people can agree. Be <laughs> jumping to conclusions about him being the best shooter on this team or him ever really putting up numbers like this, but it was really cool to see him put put it all together. And he deserves props because he's having a good season. He had another good game over Seton Hall, I believe it was, right after the the COVID outbreak. So he's starting to put things together, and the shot looked really good today. Yeah, I mean, after a very, very poor performance against St. John's, but then again, that was basically the whole team, uh, he came out and, and played very well today, was the scoring spark that they needed, uh, even though that ends up with three other Wildcats in double figures, I, I don't think there was anyone you really felt super confident in with that stroke uh, today, but but Samuels really picked up the, the slack and finished with 32, 6 of 7 from beyond the arc, which is just... I'm not sure you're ever going to see that again from him. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's that's unbelievable. I, I don't think Colin Gillespie has a, had a game that efficient from three the entire season. It's it's tough to be better than that. So uh, yeah. very impressive. And also for him as well, six for six from the line. And free throws are something that Samuels has struggled with a lot over his career. So just an all-around very important performance from him. 94.4% as a team, Villanova from the line today. They're that elite. is a huge number and then on the other hand Georgetown shot nine for 12 75 percent but still that that slight edge where Villanova is just able to hitch those those shots down the stretch but so I wasn't able to catch the first half so Pat give us just a little bit of some of your thoughts from the first half and we can talk about when, when things really started getting interesting in the final few minutes of the second yeah, so how I, I don't want to be too negative for, for this game but how I'm looking at it is that Villanova just since the COVID pause and the restart after that is yet to get in their groove i mean looking at where villanova was when they went into this pause they were coming off of three straight wins of basically identical scores 85 66 88 68 85 68 they were on fire uh this was on the heels of you know the big win at texas as well they've come back and i think what you've seen from villanova is that this team is incredibly talented because they've been able to just grind out wins. You know, you think back to that first one over Seton Hall. Well, both of them really against Seton Hall. I think this was more of a grinded out performance as well. I, they have not hit their stride yet come uh, come out of this restart. And I think the first half really showed that where, I mean, Jermaine Samuels ended up with 12 of Villanova's 17 and then 15 of their 30. It just, no one was ready for this game or at least in that first half other than Jermaine Samuels and I think that is incredibly incredibly uh scary uh nerve-wracking to see Villanova get off to a slow start like that only to be dragged by Jermaine Samuels and Wahab most second half he he started to shoot a little more but you saw it in the first half he I'm actually surprised he only had 11 field goal attempts yeah I was just gonna say that they could have gotten it down to him every single time and he was just torching Villanova in the post 
Yeah, so so first, how many times do we have to ask the question of yep. when is yep. Villanova going to put itself in a hole that is too much to overcome? And I really think it that happened test, against St. John's. Yeah, it happened against St. John's, and they're not even as good as the ultimate test for Villanova mm-hmm. this entire season, which is Creighton, which is coming, coming up, up next weekend. So Creighton is just as good in the second half. I actually don't think Creighton has performed to expectations this season. Uh, no, I, I don't either. Listen, yeah. they, they lost to Georgetown this week. Yeah. But, but that being said, you mentioned it right before we started recording. Villanova doesn't have the big man to protect against somebody like Wahab. Nope. And there aren't a ton of other elite, elite big men like him in the Big East. Maybe Nate Watson, who had just had a monster Huge game. Huge game. But I don't know. It, it is troubling to see how Villanova can't lock down that big man. And then on the flip side, they can't, in this game especially, they couldn't make shots that really mattered in the first half to to break away from this Georgetown team that really, they're 5-9 and nine on the season. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at it, where I think Georgetown does look improved and that they they've gave Villanova trouble in both games this year. But, I mean, you also have to look at it from a holistic approach. They're 5-9. and nine. This is not some great Hoya team. Uh, so I think that kind of leads into the, the frustration from it as well, uh, a point that I know we were discussing a little bit before we started recording. Colin Gillespie only took seven field goal attempts, yeah, which is the— only the fourth most on the team was outshot by Robinson or Moore and, of course, Samuels. I, I, I'd i like to see him shoot more than that. I mean, we know how pure Gillespie stroke has been and how efficient he's been this season. Finished with 12 points, big bounce-back performance in terms of turnovers where he had six against St. John's and cut that down to two here against the Hoyas, but a little bit of a timid performance from Gillespie, which you don't really see too often. I was, it's actually funny you mentioned that because the five assists were there. That's yeah. become a pretty a constant for him. But you don't see Gillespie having a really bad game like he did in St. John's mm-hmm. and then having any sort of trepidation in the following game like he seemed to have had today. Yeah, a little bit. I just, listen, it was not a bad game from Colin in, in any stretch. I just, where he is at, at this point in his development and as a leader of this team, I would have expected his his fingerprints to be a little bit more uh, all over this game than they were. I agree, but I think you give... In this game, when Samuels is hot, you give him the ball every mm-hmm. single time. When he's hot, you hit that hot hand. But I also wanted to mention, so it, Nova's obviously coming off the loss against St. John's. I think it says just a much, as much about Villanova's performance as it did about how hot St. John's is. Oh, I yeah. think they are a lead, legit tournament team. I think we they agree. can go far in the tournament. But Villanova bounces back. They bounced back. They might not have looked perfect. They certainly didn't look perfect. But when other guys were struggling, Samuel stepped up. They didn't turn the ball over. They assisted on a lot of their shots, which mm-hmm. I think is a good measure of Villanova getting back to its own system ball and spreading the ball around. And they won by 10. And they hit shots that matter down the stretch. Down and that's stretch. something I can count on watching this game. I'm literally sitting there in the final six minutes of the game when we when Villanova had a three or four point three or four point lead. And I'm just thinking, yes, Caleb Daniels is going to hit that three. Yes, Cole Swider is going to hit that three. They hit shots that matter and they are so good at finishing games. I can't 
even explain how good they are at finishing games. They are, which is really funny for, for what we talk about. And I'll talk about that in a second. Quick soliloquy on St. John's. I agree, though. I really like what Mike Anderson is building there. I think they're dangerous. Posh Alexander is a, a, a yeah. really fun talent to watch at point guard. We all know about Champagny, the Big East leading scorer. Uh, I just that style of play, that high tempo, that in really intense press, it, it's difficult to play against. And it was just a perfect... I wish we could have recorded after that game. We could not because neither of us could really watch the game. Um, but that style is basically the antithesis with how Villanova plays, with how slow everything is. So just hats off to St. John's for what was a, a great performance. And I do think they can be dangerous. The game. They, yeah, I think the same thing. And they did the same exact thing about Providence when yes. Nate Watson went off with 30 points. 30 and, and 8 for, for yeah. Watson. Uh, but it's so interesting because, li- like you said, Villanova is very strong at closing games where, you know, I were for a lot of it, I feel like they kind of slog through the game at times. But when it comes down to these moments that matter, I mean, thinking about it, the, the shot that really sticks in my head is that Caleb Daniels three, which made it a two possession game with about three minutes left. They just hit those shots, as you said, and that while it's tough to fully quantify it, that is so important. And this Villanova team seems to do it time and time again. The same thing happened against Seton Hall, where Seton Hall was able to stay with them, but Nova was never able to fully give it back. Like I said, I do not think this is Villanova playing at full steam. I do not think they're firing on all cylinders right now, but it still has to be said that they are able to grind out these wins and come up big when it matters. Yeah, and... and the COVID has just ravaged this entire season. Villanova mm-hmm. was supposed to be in a stretch of St. John's, Xavier, and DePaul. And one of those games stood. Because this Georgetown game was a replacement for the Xavier, and then the, the DePaul game was canceled. So it's just a ton of moving parts. And for Villanova to go out there and get the win, I, I'm, I, I think, again, just more positive than you are about a win yeah. is a win. And... Villanova usually plays up, and I'm I'm really excited to watch them play Creighton because that will be the first true test of a team that could be an Elite Eight team. A lot of people think that Creighton could make it that far in the tournament. How how is Villanova going to play when you've got Marcus Zagorowski and Mitch Balik, two of the one of the, the one of the best point guards in the league and one of the best shooters in the entire nation playing against you? Yeah, for sure. I'm excited about that because I, I the. The biggest measuring stick so far for Villanova this year, I really think, was that Texas win. I I think Texas is a very talented, very difficult team to play. Um, And on the road, that was a big win. So now, but that was, of course, pre-COVID pause. Now we're going to go into that Creighton game next Saturday afternoon. And it's a a massive game, as, as you said, to see. And especially as a point that you've been bringing up, about the offense and about getting started early. We know Creighton can score in bunches with that offense. I mean, you could just rattle off all the shooters that they have on their team. So Villanova is going to have to come out firing in that game. They cannot fall behind by a ton. And it'll be very interesting to watch because if they come out of that with a, you know, a strong performance and a victory, I think you're going to feel really, really good about this Villanova team. So I was uh, just going to say, this is a big week for them. You, you quiet all those questions yeah, that you might sure. have had about for, the slow offensive starts. No, to- totally agree. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it goes without being said. I would say said. so. Yeah. 30, 32 points. Obviously, it was the Jermaine Samuel game. He gets the MVP for Villanova. What about on Georgetown's side, player of the mm, game? I, I got to give it to Wahab as, as well. I know that I really like Pickett on, on Georgetown. I think he's a, a really solid talent kind of as a stretch forward uh, out there and, and really caused problems for Villanova as well. 
But if you're just going on straight dominance, it was Wahab. There's, they could not stop him inside whatsoever. Again, I really don't understand why they ever went away from him. Uh, Villanova was kind of lucky in the first half that he picked up two fouls within the first three minutes of the game and had to yeah. sit for a little while. That's a good point. Uh, but wow, that was a, a really strong performance from the big man. And he is a player to watch over the next couple years as he continues to develop. Because in both games against Villanova, uh, especially this one, I have been incredibly impressed. And he's only a sophomore. I was just going to say, he's very young. The announcer said it on the broadcast, and it is a huge statement, but I think it could be true. Mm-hmm. He could be the next elite Georgetown big man, and the other man in that category is Georgetown's coach right now, Patrick Ewing. Yeah, that's from Ewing saying that as yeah. well. So kind of a guy that knows a little bit about dominant big men, especially <laughs> at Georgetown. So that is high praise, and I, I don't think he would just say that to say that. And again, I think Cutis Wahab is absolutely a player to watch over the next couple of years. I think so too. And, and again, the 17 points I think could have been misleading based on how more they could have gone to him. Another guy <laughs> could have had I 25. Think, <laughs> I think... Uh, Javon Blair was disappointing for them. He had yep. a team high 18 points, but his field goal percentages exactly. were abysmal. Seven for 20 from the field, four for 13 from three. So Villanova defense did do a good job shutting him down because he can be a, a very score. explosive mm-hmm. scorer for Georgetown, and and he just wasn't able to get anything to go in. But I, I agree with you, Wahab, and Wahab can exploit a lot of teams' weaknesses, which is not having a big man to shut him down in the paint, and that's what he did to Villanova. Agree. Listen, I, I think Georgetown has a has a little bit of potential. You have Wahab, Dante Harris, a freshman uh, for them, played okay in this game. He really has to become more of a shooting threat, only shooting around 30% for the year, but he really showed off some nice ball handling and a lot of quickness, which is Carry something... Carry off the bench, too. Eight yes, points. which is something you can build off of. I know yeah. that they have that five-star recruit coming in, uh, next year. So, you know, Ewing, it's taken a little bit of time. There's there. Listen, in all honesty, they're sitting at five and nine right now, but I think there are some pieces where you can at least have some confidence that this Georgetown team is going in the right direction. Yeah. And you can kind of say the same thing about St. John's. It took a couple years and they're still only a sitting at seven and six in the conference, but it just takes a little while to get all the pieces together. Georgetown also had basically a garbage year last year mm-hmm. because of all the, the player troubles movement yeah yeah, they had to deal with so I think it'll take some time but I think Ewing is a a solid coach who can get his players to rally around the idea of what he wants for his team yeah and as we've said they gave Villanova two very difficult games this season they they had Villanova down by 18 at one point in the game that they lost in December and they fought very hard in this game and pushing Villanova uh, to a to what ended up as a 10-point victory Every single game is a fight, and it's every single game in the Big East, too. You cannot count Georgetown out in a Big East game. Every no. Sing- every single week, we say the same exact thing about every single Villanova recap and, uh, recap and game, and that's what makes the Big East so fun. And finally, one of the most fun games is coming up soon. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. So, so that'll be good. So... We wanted to make this a quick one as we have the Super Bowl coming up, obviously. Make sure to check out Last Minute Info, our Super Bowl predictions in mm-hmm. our weekly episode from last week. But Villanova moves to 12-2 and on the season, 7-1 and overall in the conference, Pat. Yeah, that, that's what's important is that they're still top of the conference, 12-2 and on the season overall. 
and move into a midweek game against Marquette as long as everything stands. But as Emma was saying, that will do it for us here on the Villanova Recap episode. We will be back at it on Wednesday morning with our Super Bowl Recap episode, so get excited for that. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DidYouHearPod, uh, Chiefs minus three tonight. And Emma, that's a wrap.